0: What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Whoop podcast, where we sit down with the best of the best. Whoop is on a mission to unlock human performance. And I'm your host, Will Amit, the founder and CEO of Whoop. This week's episode is a good one. We've got Whoop VP of Performance Science and Principal Scientist Kristen Holmes back again. And she's joined by author James Nestor. James is an international bestselling author and journalist known for his book, Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art. This book is incredible. It sold over 2 million copies. Highly recommend it. And it's an instant bestseller in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Los Angeles Times, Sunday London Times, and more. So check that book out. That is Breath. Kristen and James discuss the research that inspired James' work for Breath. They talk about how you can pinpoint the moment in history When humans went away from proper breathing. I'm a big believer in breath work, so this resonated for me. How breathing is linked to performance and good health. The negative effects of mouth breathing. How to get started with nasal breathing. Turns out a couple minutes each day can make a big difference. The importance of practicing the right breathing techniques for elite athletes. And the impact of breathing protocols on stress, weight loss, and your overall health. Turns out you can see an impact on your body in just 30 seconds with the right breathing protocols. If you're considering joining WHOOP, now is a very unique time. You can sign up for WHOOP literally with a free trial. So just come to our website, sign up for a free trial, get a WHOOP in the mail, and you have 30 days to decide if you'd like to become a member. That's at WHOOP.com to get set up and start on your journey to higher performance. If you have a question you want to see answered on the podcast, email us, podcast at whoop.com. Call us, 508-443-4952. Without further ado, here are Kristen Holmes and the breathing expert, James Nestor.
1: James, it's so great to have you here.
2: Thanks a lot for having me.
1: Yeah, uh, you wrote just a sensational book entitled Breath, the, the New Science of, of Lost Art. And I think its contents you know, truly highlight how vital it is to breathe correctly, uh, if indeed uh, the goal is to unlock higher levels of health and fitness. So I'm so excited to kind of dig into everything that you you learned in in, in writing this book. Um, but I'd love to to start um, if if we can just to take us through some of the research that really inspired you to to go down uh, what is truly just this insane rabbit hole of all things breath.
2: Hmm. So. I mean it depends on what angle of of research we could talk about anthropology we could talk about co2 we could talk about biochemistry yeah. or physiology but but which yeah. which angle
1: Maybe yeah let's start from just the evolutionary roots you know mm-hmm. how you know how has our um how has breathing you know how have we evolved um you know mm-hmm. and, and what did you what yeah what did you find
2: So so humans used to be really good breathers we know this because we're able to look at ancient skulls and look at their upper palates and able to look at their sinus cavities and able to look at how their mouths formed and we looked very very different than we look today and where a lot of this change started occurring was around 300 400 years ago when industrialized foods began flooding into cities and the countryside and more and so all of those foods dramatically and immediately changed the way our faces looked and changed the way our airways functioned. So we can pinpoint the moment when we became the worst breathers in the whole animal kingdom. And I did not know this when I was first researching this book. So this was complete news to me. And the more I learned about it, the more impossible I thought it could be because I had understood that evolution was something that took tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of years. But this change that, occurred throughout countries throughout continents throughout generations happened just so quickly and uh that was interesting to me and it was also interesting to learn what a poor breather uh, i have become because of that and why we're all poor breathers because of that um
1: were you what did you notice about you know as you started to to learn about you know how our our kind of just the aesthetics have, have changed and, and the way we breathe change. What did you see in the research that started to link this to, you know, performance and health?
2: Mm-hmm. Was, well, it, was there anything th-
1: that kind of stood out?
2: Well, yeah, I started talking to the researchers who who study this stuff and have been studying mm-hmm. it for decades and decades. And uh, this is a little controversial, but I'm going to mention it anyway. They began showing me pictures of sports stars, And they began showing me pictures of their faces. And I said, why are you showing me these faces of these sports stars? And they said, do you see anything that all of them seem to have in common? Not all of them, but but, but most of them. And they have these very wide faces. They have these pronathic, outward-growing faces. Uh, They're able to breathe really well. And if you are not able to breathe really well, you are struggling to get energy. We get most of our energy through our breath, not through what we eat and what we drink. Most of the energy comes from breathing. And if you're struggling to do that, you're never, ever really going to be able to perform at your top levels. So I started to see all of those connections between sports stars and their level of performance and their facial growth and their facial shape. Hmm. And then you start to see other people around the street who don't have that facial shape, who are struggling to breathe. So you know this is it breathing is not just a conscious act it is also tied to uh, our skeletal development and it's tied to so many other things of how we're able to do it and what level we're able to really access that breath and use it
1: where do we go wrong in the developmental process you know so i assume you know we we come out of the womb and i would imagine our default is we probably breathe perfectly right like what yeah. at, at what point do we go awry or is that not the case
2: well i think uh nowadays we go wrong in every possible direction we go wrong mm. which is why indigenous populations don't need breath coaching right they don't need to be told to walk ten thousand steps a day or to uh. eat the right food or have a lot of fiber yeah. or get vitamin d through sun exposure so it's just a disaster it's just what's modernity <laughs> In modern life, you know, I love living in a climate controlled place. Um, I'm a big fan of you know a lot of the mod cons but at the same time we paid a very severe price be- because of this and breathing is just one of them so you mentioned that when we come out of the womb we're good to go but not not the case now uh we used to be wow. uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago we used to be completely good to go and if you weren't you weren't going to survive right but nowadays mm-hmm. because mothers are such poor breathers they're they're passing this on to their kids so we can actually see in the womb we can look at a fetus right now and see how apt this fetus is going to be to suffer from snoring and sleep apnea later on in life because our faces are changing before we're even born. And this wasn't the case before. I looked at a lot of fetal skulls from the past, and they look like completely different animals. So just because we're at a disadvantage right when we get going doesn't mean we can't Mm. fix this. And that was the real driver behind this book and this research. It's like, okay, here's the core issue. What do hmm. we do to really fix it? Not just the Band-Aid, but, but to fix that core problem.
1: I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that practitioners, doctors, you, you, know, I, you know, when you think about sleep problems and anxiety and, you know, performance issues or, you know, just the desire to lose weight and build muscle. Like, is anyone asking, well, how do you breathe? like i no. i feel like that conversation really isn't happening so what no. what should that conversation understanding you're not a medical doctor but you know what did you what did you uncover like you know what does this conversation actually need to look like if we're to get to seems to me that how we breathe is is kind of root
2: the root, mm-hmm. root cause here No one's having that conversation. You're you're right. There's doctors Mm -hmm. in my family. My father-in-law is a pulmonologist. He's been pulmonologist for forty something years. Most of my Mm -hmm. friends, half of them, are doctors. So we talk about this stuff all the time. And you're right. No one's talking about it, uh, especially with young kids, which is an absolute disaster. If you have a kid that snores or has sleep apnea, this is not cute. It's destroying their health. It's inhibiting their growth. It's inhibiting their neurodevelopment. It's inhibiting so many other problems. So this Mm -hmm. is something that I, I would was shocked by how few people were even diagnosing it and how fewer people were treating any of these problems. Mm -hmm. And some of the treatments they were using were actually making the breathing worse and making these kids worse. Like sleeping pills make your breathing worse at night. So if your breathing is a problem at night, and that's the root issue behind so many of your chronic issues, then you have to fix that. So the answer is, Not a lot of people are looking at it. It's dentists are actually becoming the breathing people. I've been talking at a lot of dental conferences. You you think that when you write a book about breathing that you're not going to be talking to dentists, but they're the only ones (laughs) taking charge of this because they're the ones who spend the most time in patients' mouths and they see the same patterns over and over and over. So uh, there's hope in that and I think Mm. that that whole field of, of dentistry is changing because no one else is taking this up. Your family physician very likely isn't going to be assessing your your adenoids or tonsils or airway mm. or snoring or sleep apnea. They don't have time to do it. And I'm not pointing fingers at doctors. They don't mm. have time to do this. You're seeing 20 patients in an hour. You you can't show them right. breath work, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, my son uh, suffered from, from pretty bad allergies. It just... You know, just a stuffy nose, chronic stuffy nose, and you know, just a lot of sneezing. Um, I didn't appear to be allergic to anything specific. We, I read um, a, a book uh, in 2015, "The Oxygen Advantage," uh, Dr. Patrick mm-hmm. McEwen, and mm-hmm. started taping his mouth. And sure enough, he has really no allergies. Um, I found this really interesting. Um, is this something that you found in your research? Is there, you know, what what is the connection there between just asthma, allergies, and and breathing.
2: Yeah, I'm nodding because I just, I hear this every single day. Yes. And I've heard it every single day for, I mean, people say I've gotten thousands of letters. Wow! Um, and every talk I do, people come up, you know, some of them are laughing, some of them are crying. Yeah. Uh, because people are so frustrated that they're not being taken care of properly, mm-hmm. or they're getting the wrong advice. So yeah. you're smart enough to go out and, and diagnose the the issue and try things out and, and look look what happens. Mm. It works and it's free. Totally. Uh, so uh, j- just to be clear, is like not all uh, not all allergies are caused mm. by mouth breathing, right? You know, some people have dairy intolerance. Mm-hmm. That's that's a big one. Sometimes it's it's pets or mm-hmm. or other things. But you can only benefit from breathing in and out of your nose. And sometimes that benefit is very small and sometimes it can change your life. And this is what I keep hearing over and over again, and especially at night. So how we breathe at night is setting us up for the next day. And people say, oh, you know, breath is breath. I'm just getting air in, I'm getting air out. That's it's just 100% wrong. And your son is living proof of this how you're breathing at night is going to dictate your stress levels it could help control your blood sugar it can help control your cortisol it can allow you to get into deeper more restorative stages of sleep i mean on and on and on because if you're struggling to do anything at the time when we're supposed to be resting and restoring everything's going to go off the rails. And our bodies are really good at compensating. So they can compensate for a while, maybe months, maybe even years. And eventually, things are just going to break down. Mm -hmm. So this often happens with kids with ADHD, Mm -hmm. with uh, learning difficulties, with growth problems, with wetting their beds. They're in their teenage years. They're wetting their beds. They can't sleep at anyone else's house. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've heard these... Dozens and dozens of times, and no one is looking at their breathing. So specifically this sleep tape, I'll get off my soapbox here and and talk about some pragmatics. (laughs) So let's talk about sleep tape. So about 65% of the population breathes with an open mouth when they're sleeping. So not everyone needs sleep tape. So when you hear these people saying, everyone's going to benefit from it you know that 35% isn't because they're already closing their mouth mm-hmm. so the first thing you have to do is are you a mouth breather at night there's a pretty good chance you are you can do you wake up with a with a very dry and pacy mouth are you drinking mm-hmm. water throughout the night do you get a lot of cavities mm-hmm. uh, the number one cause of cavities i heard from Dennis isn't sugar it's mouth breathing mm. so if all of those things are happening there's a good chance you are sleeping with an open mouth. For those people, sleep tape appears to be beneficial, but you have to start in slow. Start by wearing a little piece of tape for 10 minutes in front of your computer, answering boring emails, then do 20 minutes the next day, 30 minutes, you get where I'm going. Mm -hmm. So after about a week, Are you comfortable enough? Have you uh, watched TV laying down? Have you Mm -hmm. taken a nap wearing sleep tape? Try it at night. Is it right for you? Only you can decide that. Mm. Don't listen to anyone else. Listen to your own body. But the sleep tape thing, it just keeps going. Uh, I just keep hearing about it. And people send me their sleep scores all the time and it's doing something. You know, it completely transformed my sleep and, and really helped to transform my health. And again, this is a Free and easy thing. Is it right for everyone? No. Is it right for you? Mm-hmm. Find out.
1: Yeah. Over the years, I mean, I've been with Whoop now for almost seven years. And of course, we collect a whole bunch of, you know, all, but we collect mm-hmm. lots of heart rate data and we stage sleep. And and there's no question that when folks begin consciously being more conscious of, of nose breathing instead of mouth breathing and incorporating uh, taping at night, we see huge improvements in the restorative sleep. We see massive decreases in sleep disturbances, you know, and it's funny, like when, um, you know, I work, I I used to work a lot more with just with teams. um, But that was always the first place when I would see a lot of disturbances uh, with athletes. Sure enough, they'd have a deviated septum or, you know, Mm -hmm. or they'd have, you know, problems with asthma. But, you know, it always would kind of go back to sleep. You know, I have Lots of examples of athletes who are literally would take a redshirt year just to correct their deviated septum, and they would come back mm. just levels above where they're at. I mean, they're already elite, you know, playing in some of the the top collegiate programs, and they'd come back at even a higher level. Um, so it's it's really interesting to see the performance gains for sure that can that can happen once mm-hmm. corrected, but just the overall quality of life and. Maybe if you want to talk about a couple stories, just you know, you're at these mm-hmm. conferences, you're speaking, you know, you're getting tons of letters. You know, what have been some of the really kind of, um, I guess, heartwarming moments um, that were maybe surprising to you? Just the benefits of of you know the the knowledge that you're putting out there and people adopting these these uh, these kind of new way of of living.
2: Well, one of them really echoes your experience. Uh, a lot of people, frustrated parents, are writing about their kids mm-hmm. and. So this dad sent me the uh, sleep data from his kid. Uh, no one had ever talked about his kid's breathing. He had learning yeah. difficulty. I mean, everything. Um, his growth was stunted. ADHD, couldn't sleep at night, wetting his bed, was... uh, asthma, allergies, on and on and on. He's been on fistfuls of different drugs for over years. Something like you know seven to nine pills just, just pumping this kid up. Ugh. No one ever. Ever looked at his sleep, so his dad went in, recorded his sleep. It was a complete disaster. Convinced the kid to wear sleep tape. Uh, he didn't do the recommended. I'm going to try for yeah. ten minutes. Just just went full just, bore into it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the 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 next night, the kid from snoring and sleep happening, choking on himself all night to zero. The very next night, two weeks later, the vast majority of the issues were 100% gone. And the doctor, of course, would just say, oh, what a coincidence. Oh, that's strange. I guess you're doing something well. No interest in in looking at this connection between breathing and sleep quality. So the good news is that we have different sources and different ways of getting information now. So people who want to take charge of some aspects of their health can do that. And the other good news is all of these things we're talking about Are free; they're available for everyone. Someone's going to try to monetize sleep tape, blah blah blah. You can buy that stuff; it has a fancy package. It works great. So does the stuff down at Walgreens. So whatever works well for you, but it just comes down to awareness. It starts with awareness, Mm -hmm. and then there's a lot of people they become aware, but they're just like, I don't want to wear sleep at night. That's cool. I don't, I don't care what you do, but but as long as you have a choice to to know what is good and what is bad and Mm -hmm. what may improve my health and the health of my family, then I think that's what counts
1: it what what's missing out um when we're breathing through our mouth and not through our nose like what's what's kind of happening physiologically that um is you know is uh is you know kind of negative
2: mhm-, so I think like a a few mouth breaths some people become so s- uh s- obsessed with this, and I get those letters as well you know I counted five mouth breaths today is that gonna injure my health? I'm just like, dear dear yeah. God, so I'm talking about. The vast majority of the breaths you're taking, not all of them, I'm breathing through my mouth a bit here. I'm talking to you, right? Which is one of the reasons why when you're talking for three hours, it's so so exhausting. Yeah, totally. When you laugh, you're breathing through your mouth. Uh, when you're doing some pranayama exercises, you're breathing through your mouth. If you get into zone four and zone five, you can use mm-hmm. mouth breathing as, a, as a another gear mm-hmm. to crank you up, mm-hmm. to get more air. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. But for the vast majority of your breasts, when you're not working out, when you're not doing pranayama or kundalini or whatever, or laughing or talking, it should be in and out through the nose. And and here's why. Because when we breathe air in and out through our nose, we are cleansing it, we're trapping that moisture, and we're conditioning it. And that's what you want. You don't want to expose your lungs to everything in the outdoor environment, yeah. if you live in a city like I do, that means allergens and pollens and smog and dust. And when you breathe through the mouth, your lung is basically an exterior organ. It's exposed to everything. And again, we can—we're built to deal with this. We'll start coughing more and expunging some of that, but. In the long run, it's gonna wear us down. So the nose is our first line of defense against bacteria and viruses as well. And finally, I'll mention, because I know there's a bunch of high-performance athletes (laughs) out there, your nose is controlling the amount of air you can take in and take out. And it does that for a reason, because that allows you to extract so much more oxygen. When you have that buffer, that baffle, creates that pressure in your lungs and allows you to more easily get more oxygen and maintain healthy levels of co2 which allows for better blood flow so this is not a hypothesis it's not a theory this Uh. is a fact that anyone who studied any level of this knows and this is a fact that All of the other mammals uh, certainly know, because check out a horse when it's sprinting, check out a cheetah Uh when it's sprinting, check out a a lion. Uh I mean, they're all breathing through their noses. Uh So, and we should be as well.
1: So what would, how would you recommend someone start? So for example, if um, uh, let's say, you know, we've uh, been using, closing our mouth consciously and using tape, you know, throughout the day. And, you know, we're sleeping with our mouth closed and now we want to try to exercise. With, uh, mm-hmm. you know, breathing exclusively through uh, through our nose, what would be, uh, what can someone expect when they start that journey? I know my own experience; your capacity reduces significantly, and it's really humbling. Um, but but just maybe walk us through like what is that process, and um, and and you know if if you can kind of ride it and and really stick to nasal breathing, you know, through interval training or, you know, whatever type of training you're doing, weightlifting, what are the benefits that people can expect if they kind of ride it out?
2: Well, expect it to be miserable, Uh, expect your performance to go down, (laughs) expect to curse curse a lot at me and anyone else who has told you to, to do this. So what you need to do is to get rid of your Western mindset and not try to go out there and kick this thing's ass as you're used to doing with everything else, but go into this very, very slowly in a controlled and patient way because that's how you're gonna be able to diagnose if there's a larger structural issue in your nose that you will need to get fixed. For the vast majority of people, that is not the case. What they need to do is start to use their nose more and more and breathe in and out of your nose. So what I would do, as far as the step-by-step instructions, is I would start off when you're walking around the neighborhood, walking your dog, walking to work, walking through an airport, breathe in, For four steps, breathe out for four steps. Breathe in for four steps, out for four steps. Does that feel comfortable? Do you want to push it a little more? You can start extending it. Breathe in for four steps. Breathe out for six steps. You see where I'm going with this? So you can start to extend that and to continue breathing in and out of your nose. Once you get more comfortable with that, you can start to incorporate that into your jogging start playing around with your breath just to that level of discomfort with your jogging in and out and it should be if you're going to extend anything it should be the exhale you are extending so you don't necessarily want to be extending how many steps you take on the inhale but the exhale because when you exhale you are relaxing your body i think you will be amazed especially if you jog a lot what a difference the cyclical easy breathing will make. It also makes jogging a lot more fun because it gives you something to focus on and to do. So I would start with that. And if you were still having issues, if there is just an incredible amount of congestion in your nose after a few weeks of doing this, that's right, a few weeks of doing this, then there could be a structural problem. You may want to see an ENT and see if there's something that could be done about that. But otherwise, for most people, just using the nose and using it more often can help to open up all of those tissues and make you an obligate nasal breather. Perfect. Okay.
1: I guess I i would be interested, you know, for elite level athletes, um, you know, there's going to be uh, decreases in performance. So I guess I'm wondering, you know, what are those trade-offs? Like, uh, you know, if I have if I'm an athlete, I'm preparing for the World Cup, you know, in six months, is it worth mm-hmm. it to me to kind of take uh, a hit for four to six weeks as I'm trying to build my efficiency and become a, a better breather? You know, what what would you advise, I suppose, uh, a kind of a high performance coach who's training an athlete or a team? You know, is it is it worth it to like really go down this rabbit hole in terms of the improvements that they might see or is this really at the margins?
2: Everybody's different. So everyone breathes slightly differently and everyone has a slightly different breathing dysfunction. So some people can convert to nasal breathing pretty quickly Uh. because they're already breathing the majority of their breaths in and out through their noses. If you've got someone who has just been jogging and running and performing obligate mouth breathing the whole time, this is going to take this person much longer. And you're right, that performance is going to dip precipitously, especially with someone who is an obligate mouth breather. But the more you try this, the more that you will notice that once you reach that very low dip of converting yourself to breathe and and to react and Mm -hmm. respond in this completely different way, I have never heard of anyone whose performance did not only rebound, but also increase. Sometimes that increase was very small. Sometimes it was profound. So I'm not saying there isn't someone out there, Uh but uh, from all the people that I've talked to and all the elite trainers that I know, uh, which are several of them Uh who are training Olympians, I mean, top level people, they have never, ever heard any of their athletes having a decrease in performance yeah. and some of these people have just become monsters afterwards. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a few months, you know. If you're training for the World Cup in six months, mm, and you've only been mouth breathing, probably not the right thing to do <laughs> at that time. You know, wait till you have that three and a half years off, yeah. and then then convert then. And and uh, again, it's the benefits can be really profound. A lot of people may may think, well, it's just breathing. How can I? Mm. The whole point of performance, especially in competition, you have to be operating as efficiently as possible. So if you you are wasting energy, breathing too much, struggling too much, your competitor is going to get ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And just imagine what you can do by conserving that energy and using the least amount of effort to do the most. Mm -hmm. Your performance is going to increase. And that's what we've been seeing time and time again.
1: I love it. Yeah, I I spent bulk of my life as as an athlete and, and as a coach. So I, I'm used to trying to, you know, squeeze efficiencies out of <laughs> performance. Uh. Um, but I, so I, I guess I wonder, you know, you think about, we do a beep test. We do, you know, do various strength things we do. We test flexibility, you know, we do all sorts of tests, but we, do we actually test how efficient an athlete is in, in terms of um, their One capacity and their oxygen and CO2 exchange, like, would you recommend a bolt test, for example, for, um, you know, for athletes? Like, what what would be the best entry point for a team who's like, you know what, I want to figure out who are our breather, you know, who are great breathers, who aren't, and, and is there, are there efficiencies that we can, that we can create with these athletes?
2: Yeah, there isn't one prescribed list of things that you should look at. Lung yeah. capacity is, is important, yeah. right? Of course it is. But it's also how you're using the lungs that you already have. So yeah. you could use smaller lungs much more efficiently and have your breathing much more efficient and be a lot a better of a performer and an athlete than someone with larger lungs you know so it's 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 not just that there's so many things that go into that i think co2 is going to be huge yeah i think looking at co2 and instead of oxygen most people unless you're chronically sick have emphysema or long covert whatever don't have oxygen problems you have co2 problems you're breathing it. way too much so that one I think is going to be coming online and being used a lot more and and again I want to be clear like larger lungs are better but it's not just the size that matters it, right. it really depends on how your breathing. So uh, to answer your question, it's a whole bunch of different things that you need to look at. What Patrick McEwen and a lot of other people do is they have people do a, uh, a bolt score mm. and it's basically a, a breath hold. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you take an inhale in, just soft, not exaggerated, that's cheating, and then just calmly exhale to neutral, don't push that air out, hold your breath. How long can you hold your breath? So you're supposed to be able to comfortably hold your breath on that exhale to neutral to about 40 seconds uh-huh. and what we've seen consistently is the better you are an athlete the more easily you can hold that breath uh-huh. because your respiration is locked in because you know your body is used to having that level of carbon dioxide in its bloodstream and that co2 is going to help open up blood vessels and help deliver more oxygen yeah. so um, that's a great thing that you can do. That's that's also free, that Bolt score. Uh, I think there's a lot of benefits in it, not just for athletes, but for asthmatics, panic yeah. sufferers, and more.
1: Just as a baseline, right? It's blood oxygen level test, right? Yeah. Is the acronym. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in basically less than 20 seconds, you're probably over breathing. What would be the
2: room for introv- improvement, room for as improvement. we would say dip, okay. Dip, diplomatically? Okay. Yeah. You want to be, you, you, You don't, and I know that everyone's gonna just struggle to hold your breath. I I should have mentioned this too. This is not holding your breath until your face is red and you are struggling. This is the first palpable palpable need to breathe. So maybe you swallow, Uh right? Maybe your abs sort of, your diaphragm sort of moves up for a second. So whenever you feel that, you mark it, mentally mark Uh. it. And another thing I want to mention, this is not a one and done thing. What you have, your body is changing all the time. After you eat, it's harder. Mm -hmm. If you have jet lag, it's harder. If you slept like crap, your, your bolt score could be 15, right? Mm. So take these over the course of a week, take it a few times a day, and then look at that delta. Mm -hmm. What, what is that average amount?
1: Do you, have you worked at all with uh, a marker called heart rate variability?
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: I, I figured, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's you know it's a it's a metric that we track on on Whoop. Um, very mm-hmm, good at measuring heart rate variability. And would you expect to see? Um, you know, my hypothesis is always when I see individuals with kind of a lower baseline heart rate variability, like I always am, like I wonder how you breathe. What <laughs> um, would you would you expect to see? Kind of lower HRV. Um, would there be a relationship between one's HRV and how well they breathe?
2: 100 percent mm. there would be and this yeah. is the thing that if, if you've got a real skeptic someone's just like it's just breathing mm. don't worry about it i think this is all bs <laughs> hook them up to whoop have them breathe at the coherent breathing pattern uh-huh. which is about five to six seconds in <laughs> five to six seconds out <laughs> five to six seconds in. that's that's all it is and then look at the heart rate variability after 30 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> And I think that you are going to see huge jumps in, in HRV. I've never seen someone's decrease. Uh, I've always seen it increase. And this is the thing where people are like, oh my God. Because uh, a lot of people have said, oh, this breathing's a placebo effect, which is uh-huh. bizarre. Mm-hmm. This is a biological function. Right. If you want data, Go for it. look at your HRV, look at your blood pressure, uh-huh. look at other metrics. look at your sleep once you start breathing. if you don't believe anyone else. listen to your own body.
1: what are what are the most efficacious you just kind of outlined one um, what are the most efficacious breathing you know protocols or practices? I mean one that I practice religiously res- is resonance frequency breathing. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know I'd, I'd be curious to kind of get your thoughts in terms of you know how do we train ourselves to be you know the most effective, you know what? breathing
2: people always like they expect since i've studied this stuff for so long talk to so many people they think it's like some mysterious complicated secret Mm. i'm gonna let them in on it's like oh this is what i learned in the cave (laughs) of of tibet i hate to burst everyone's bubble but it's the simplest stuff that is the most effective and it's the most unsexy stuff Uh too people like tend to want to feel like they need to go to Hawaii for a week to learn some <laughs> fancy breathwork to become a better breather. Sorry, it's about shutting your mouth at night. Yeah. It's about breathing in a slow, rhythmic manner throughout the day. Yeah. It's about understanding your breathing when you are working out and using your breathing to shift gears, yeah. right? And, and knowing that mouth breathing when you're working at really intense levels can be a wonderful benefit to your body and your brain as long as you shift it back down so those simple things that we talked about are the most powerful you have to become a normal breather before you're going to become a great breather Uh, and normal breathing is the majority of the breaths in and out through the mouth it's not snoring it's not sleep apnea so once you get all of that very uninteresting stuff out of the way then you can start playing with stuff so resonance frequency breathing coherent breathing uh, whatever the uh hell you want to call it Inhale to the point uh, for about five to six seconds uh-huh. in, five to six seconds out. For people who are taller, over six, six feet, I learned this from a doctor, relatively new information, should be breathing even slower. So you yeah. should be extending that to around eight seconds in, eight seconds out. Larger lungs, larger diaphragm. Yeah. And I'm six two, so I've noticed that slower breath with my HRV goes way up you can still get benefits from the five to six, mm. you know? So so that's that's a good s- spot to start. Uh-huh. Kids, they need to breathe more. So you could start them at three or four, uh-huh. um, right? And, and so you just start at a place where you're comfortable, then you can start working it out. So that's a very powerful tool. Something else that I use all the time, use it a few times today, especially when things get spicy and frustrating, is take two breaths. So one breath in, hold for three, Another breath on top of that breath, extending the chest out. And you just let it fall out to mm. neutral. So We're going to try that again, everybody. One breath in. Hold to three, two, three. Another breath in. And just let it fall out. So I do that oh. about, see, I can just feel it right mm. there. Do that so about good. three or four. Three or four times when you are really stressed out, mm-hmm. when something is really aggravating, when you're putting in your password and they've changed the password <laughs> and you have to upload the all that crap that we have to deal with every day, that's very effective for me, maybe for you as well. And then to go into that resonant frequency, that coherent mm-hmm. breathing pattern. So once you've got those easy ones down and once you're a normal breather, then I think you can start experiencing uh, all of the really weird stuff. And you're gonna get most benefits with these long breathwork sessions once you know how to breathe properly. I can't tell you how many people I see in in breathwork or they're dysfunctional breathers, they're getting some out of it, but I'm like, my God, you could, if you actually open up your lungs, if you had the Mm. right biomechanics here, you'd be able to really be able to push this into some interesting ways. So so that's what I would do. That's my blanket prescription for people who want to get into better breathing.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful advice. I you know I, I definitely am a firm believer to get the foundation right first. Um and if you don't, you're just building inefficiency on top of inefficiency and no one wants yep. to do that. <laughs> um so talk maybe a little bit about, so that you talked about the kind of the calming and relaxation type of, of breath work. Um, what about a TUMO type of breathing, you know, this really uh, cyclic hyperventilation type of breathing? What, what kind of place does that have in, you know, just the spectrum of all things kind of breath work and breathing and yeah, breathing optimization?
2: This was something that really confused me because I learned from people like Patrick who were just like, it's slow, low, right nose, you know, all the time mm. you want to be chilled. And yet we know the science is very clear. There's so many benefits to vigorous pranayamas, mm-hmm. vigorous kriyas, tummo breathing, wimha breathing. They're all doing the same thing, right? So it doesn't have to be this thing or that thing. Mm. And that's what frustrates me about the breathwork community. They, some people glom onto just one specific yeah. thing but but breathing is vast we can do it in a bunch of different ways it's been interesting to see patrick sort of changing his his views mm. on this and seeing the benefits of these hyperventilation techniques yeah. so so what these do is they're done for a short amount of time and they're extremely stressful And you may be thinking well why do i want to be stressed out like i'm stressed out throughout the rest of the day what you're dealing with through through the rest of the day is this low grade stress, which we know is the main driver behind the majority of modern diseases right uh-huh. now. These extremely stressful breathwork practices sort of are a pressure release valve. They mm-hmm. let you get it all out. So for the rest of the time, you're able to chill out. This is hermetic stress. Uh-huh. It's the same thing with a cold bath. You wouldn't spend two hours in a cold bath unless you're wim hof <laughs> yeah,
0: you know that's but, crazy.
2: but th- there's no benefits to doing that right. that's where you're going to start to injure yourself mm-hmm. but two minutes three minutes huge benefit right. of doing that so these breath work practices they're a little longer than <laughs> that some of them are 15 minutes sometimes 20 minutes once you get better at this they can go on for 90 minutes that's yeah. where things get really really wild yeah. yeah but that's the benefit is is they al- allow you to release all of that stress start again from neutral mm. and get on with your day. And I think that there is incredible benefit behind doing these practices. I don't care which one you do, they mm. all kind of do the same thing. And, uh, but you have to know, uh, you have to have that foundation set. And, and again, don't, don't believe me, you can look at the, the science and the studies, right. of these vigorous breathwork practices and see for yourself.
1: And your book is is so beautifully outlines like all the research that exists around these different techniques, and so um, yeah, thank you for uh, being so uh, I think rigorous and and just putting that uh, all of that together. It's yeah, it's really beautiful. So people can definitely look at that as a, a, a source of insight and an inspiration. Really, what um, how often do you think? Uh, one needs to practice these techniques to see benefits. Do you have any sense? Have you read anything in the literature that, you know, gives us some parameters in terms of, you know, when do we actually start to see benefits?
2: It, it depends on and markers who of you
1: inflammation are. and you know anything and, that can be measured.
2: Yeah. So from what I see, usually in the first 30 seconds, you're seeing benefits.
1: Oh, I love that. Uh, Just
2: from very, very simple Uh practices. And again, hook yourself up with every wearable, every device and see for yourself. Literally a few focus breaths, Uh your body will start reacting to Uh that and it will start functioning differently. Both of us, we did that two inhale Uh trick. And I don't know about you, but after 10 seconds i bet my blood pressure decreased sure, i bet yeah. my there was more blood flow to the brain and uh-huh. all all of these things are are measured so it's not just about doing it for 30 seconds uh-huh. though it's about building better habits and building better habits can take weeks and weeks uh-huh. so this is what i like about breathing as as opposed to the benefits of eating which we know we can eat better and you're going to have benefits but you'll see those benefits a couple weeks or maybe a couple yes. months later down the line, especially if you're looking at lipids or something, like it uh-huh. takes a long time. With with breathing, you can feel these benefits and you can see them on, on readouts on wearables within a few seconds. So yeah. if all of that's gonna happen within a few seconds, what what's gonna happen after a few days or weeks? Yeah. So, so uh, it's again, it's hard to say because different people are in different levels. I've uh-huh. never seen anyone that has not benefited of operating more efficiently, uh-huh. of allowing their body to restore better uh-huh. at night. So, it, again, it's what level of benefits um, is, but that's up to the individual.
1: Yeah, we saw it. uh, There was a paper just published in Cell Press. Um, Dr. Andrew Huberman was one of the authors on the study, and they looked at a bunch of different breathing protocols. And one of them was the cyclic psi. And that really did emerge, um, of all the other breathwork techniques in the study, that emerged as being the most efficacious in reducing anxiety and stress. And um, Mm -hmm. so it was really, really cool to see that just even in five minutes a day, um, folks experienced uh, decreases in, in perceived stress and decreases in perceived anxiety. Um, and these subsisted, you know, long after that five minute, to your point, you know, it's like you just if you just spend sure. five minutes, you know, you're going to feel the benefits and the effects of, of that technique, um, you know, after well after it's over
2: and i know that people don't want another thing to have yeah, to do <laughs> like people are already on their supplements and you know eating yeah. right and working out but this is something that you can do while you're working mm-hmm. It can be something you can do while you're commuted to work in, in your car or whatever mm-hmm. it doesn't matter it's not like people think that proper breathing is you have to go to this class and do this thing for 40 minutes you have to do it every day it's, that's mm-hmm. garbage you you have to become a normal breather first and foremost so what helped me train is is the sleep day, is mm. learning how to do that at night. That's a huge benefit. Yeah. And then when I'm in front of a computer, which is like all the time, sometimes I'll put on a little uh, you know, chiming sound on my phone. Mm-hmm. There's a zillion different apps that can do this, that can just train you when to inhale, when to exhale, mm. when to inhale, when to exhale. So it doesn't stop you from what you're already doing. And if you walk your dog every day, like I do, or uh-huh. if you jog every day, you can incorporate. These are things, again, uh-huh. you're already doing, so you can incorporate different breathing techniques and different uh, practices to help make that process more efficient and enjoyable. So it's less of an, of an ask than it is asking someone to, uh-huh. to meditate for a half an hour a day every day, which 95% of the people are going to fail it to.
1: Right, right. Meditation's hard. You know, it's like, it's a really interesting skill. I, I found personally, I, I struggle with meditation, you know, for, and, and mm-hmm. that might just be my personality type, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I find mindful meditation a little bit easier. Mindful breathing is my go-to, you know, but, but yeah, meditation could be hard. And I think breathing is just a way more natural um, and, and mm-hmm. potentially like more beneficial. And that's what we saw in the, in the Hebrew study.
2: But uh, Yeah. You know, I was always not very good at meditating at Mm. all until I figured out how to breathe Mm. properly. Mm. And now it's something that I find extremely easy to do Mm. because it starts with proper breathing. Mm. That's where it starts. And that is sort of the the door that opens up these other things that you can do with meditation. We know that the benefits of meditation are profound. No one's going to argue with that. It's just really hard for us to get all of our monkey minds into that space. Yeah. But once you figure out this coherent breathing, uh, I, I tell you, <laughs> a meditation gets a lot easier yeah. because you're able to consciously control your nervous system and how mm-hmm. your brain is functioning. And it it allowed me to to finally be able to do this as a regular practice.
1: That's great. Maybe I'm part of myself, I don't know. I'd, maybe I'm better at it than I think. <laughs> but I definitely try. I would say that one of the top three reasons why folks come onto the Woo platform is they're interested in losing weight. Um, I'd be very curious mm. to, to know what you've learned um, in terms of, you know, between the connection between breath and, and weight loss.
2: It's really hard uh, yeah. because there aren't many studies that have done looked at specifically breathing patterns mm. and weight loss, but we do know a few things. Yeah. You burn fat with oxygen okay and a lot of people who are overweight are running anaerobically especially in certain areas of the body which makes it almost impossible to burn fat okay. so the key is to get blood flow to all of these areas and to deliver oxygen easily to these areas. And that's how you're gonna burn fat. How do you do that? You have to start by breathing properly. Mm. We know that a lot of people, once they start gaining weight, that weight can accumulate in the chest and stomach area, which allows, um, which does not allow them to take a proper deep breath. So many of them start breathing in and out of their chest. Really shallow. Which, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which stresses the body out, mm. blood sugar, spikes cortisol spikes Mm -hmm. you're not able to really get that blood flow into all of these areas another thing that happens is when you start breathing shallow you start offloading too much co2 not just shallow but when you're breathing too much you are offloading too much co2 which causes all of those blood vessels to start to close up which also inhibits that blood flow you know allows you to run anaerobically in these areas where you don't want to be running anaerobically so proper breathing is i believe is essential for easier weight loss and we yeah. do know that what is it 8 pounds of every 10 pounds that you lose comes out through our breath we lose we lose weight through <sighs> through breathing and a lot of people think well i'm just going to breathe more and then <laughs> i'm going to offload more fat that's not how it works sorry well, it's tied to metabolism so So that is how we lose weight is is through our breath. So by doing that more efficiently, I wish someone Mm. would would do a big controlled study of this. Uh, I'm convinced that it can benefit Uh in easier weight loss.
1: I mean, it makes a lot of sense. You know, if you're a poor breather, I mean, it's it's hard to know exactly the mechanism just because there's so many things at play. You know, when you don't breathe properly, you don't sleep well. When you don't sleep well, you're hormone and you know your hormones don't fire as they should you know ghrelin le- le- levels your leptin levels like mm-hmm. you know it just seems that there's just some really um i think direct effects for sure but probably lots of indirect effects as well that um make it hard to 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 kind of unpack but um but yeah i feel like that would be a really really cool study to to, to run
2: What we do know, um, there's a bunch of studies, dozens and dozens of them, looking at people who are overweight and controlling their breathing and carbon dioxide levels. Mm. And the higher the CO2 levels, uh, you can lose weight precipitously, uh, so much faster, so much more efficiently. And you can look these up on PubMed or whatever. They call it NORMORBARIC, you know, carbon dioxide therapy. It's it's all of these crazy different names, uh, which is something that makes it so confusing. But it's, it's great for diabetics and it's it's mm. fantastic for weight loss. That's something you, you uh, likely have to do in a lab because they're messing up yeah. with the amounts of oxygen and CO2 that you are inhaling. Nonetheless, there's a lot you can do not being in a lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is breathing in and out of your nose. That is getting that CO2 level up to a healthy state where you can allow for that proper blood flow.
1: Amazing, amazing. So what do you, what do, what did I forget? Like what are is there a, a kind of a uh, an area that you feel like is just so important for people to 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 be aware of that maybe we haven't covered?
2: Uh, I just think that a lot of this stuff may sound really kooky. Uh it sounded pretty crazy to me mm-hmm. until I spent so many years in this in this field and when you start to look at different Olympians, that wow. uh, this used to be like this little secret that they wouldn't tell their competitors about it is is breath training. Uh-huh. But you look at all these Olympic teams that have adopted proper breathing or sometimes crazy breathing practices, uh-huh. and their their performance just goes through the roof. Yes. And this is all recorded stuff. So what we're talking about here, this it, it's not uh, you know some placebo effect, obviously. But it's, it's an essential part of our biology. Like what we're talking about here is how our bodies work and to allow your body to work better is going to allow it to perform better, whether that's losing weight more efficiently or whether that's, you know, jogging a a marathon. So to me, even though it sounds nuts at the the core of it, at the foundation of it, it makes perfect sense. Mm. And, and. Don't listen to us. go try it for yourself. see how it works out.
1: nice. um, would you say so for the folks who are really skeptical out there, what would be the three uh, kind of nuggets that you would um that you would like if you're trying to kind of you you just there's a gunpoint you had, you had to sell this idea of like nasal breathing. Mm-hmm. you know what would be your kind of top three things that you would mention?
2: So if you have high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Go in, take your blood pressure, and then breathe for two minutes at that five to six second rate. Five to six seconds in, five to six seconds out. You just close your eyes and breathe. Don't push it. We, we tend to <sighs> very lightly. No one should be able to see you breathing. Breathe deep down into your belly. After a couple of minutes doing that, you can take your blood pressure and see, see how that works for you. You can look at your heart rate variability while you are doing this okay Mm -hmm. so again don't believe us believe your own body Mm -hmm. believe the own data that you are collecting Mm -hmm. beyond that you can see if you're a mouth breather at night there are different apps you can use Uh, snore lab is one no i'm not being paid by them they have a free (laughs) version of it and it just it allows you to record all this the snoring yes. and choking that you're doing. It's available for everyone. It's not an official sleep study, but it's a good general gauge. And then try to close your mouth at night and collect your sleep data and see what changes for you. So that's the the second thing I would do. And the third thing I would do is you can adopt these different practices, the cyclical sigh, uh-huh. physiological sigh, whatever you want to uh-huh. call it. You can try some breath work that's available uh-huh. for free uh-huh. and just see how you feel because that that matters too. I know everyone's all stuck on data and numbers, <laughs> but it ultimately comes down to how is your body operating? How do you feel? Mm-hmm. And you can start with that. And if you like what you're seeing, you can go further into it and see what it can do for you. So I want to be very clear. I i can't stand the idea that I'm actually offering prescriptions to people because <laughs> I'm a, I'm a journalist here. like. I want to give you a choice on what to do, but yeah. I don't care what you do. I'm not going to follow up on you. <laughs> nice. This is up to up to you, and if you want to ignore all this information, it's perfectly fine for me. I just want to offer people some, you know, some some choices uh-huh. and ways of them to possibly improve their sleep, their athletic performance and their anxiety levels.
1: That's right. Well, um, well, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, it's been so fun chatting. Uh, where is the best place for folks to find you and 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 all the good work that you do?
2: So uh, my publisher allowed me to put all 500 or so studies up on my website because we knew that people were going to be very wow. skeptical about this. So that's available for, for free. There are pictures there, there's some graphs there. I'm not collecting email addresses, there's no paywall. You can just go to Mr. James Nestor, Mr. mrjamesnester.com. You can see the bibliography there. I also went and interviewed a bunch of experts in the field, some people from Stanford, people from Harvard, you don't believe me, you might wanna believe them. <laughs> there are interviews available for free there and some breathing exercises. Uh, I also have an Instagram thing. But my God, that social media stuff is a lot of work. So I'm extremely <laughs> lazy at it. But, but there's some stuff I did in the last couple of years that might be of interest. That's right along these lines.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Um, and we'll link to all that in the in the show notes. And uh, yeah, and just thank you again for, for putting all of this out into the world.
0: Big thanks to James Nestor for coming on the show. Check out the book Breath, and his insights on the power of breath work. If you enjoyed this episode of The Whoop Podcast, please leave a rating or a review. Please subscribe to The Whoop Podcast. Check us out on social, at whoop, at Will Ahmed. If you have a question you wanna see answered on the podcast, email us, podcast Whoop.com. Call us, 508-443-4952. New members can use the code WILL, get a $60 credit on Whoop Accessories. Alternatively, new members can sign up for a free trial. So check that out, that's whoop.com. And that's a wrap for the week. Thank you all for listening. We will catch you next week on the Whoop Podcast. As always, stay healthy and stay in the green.